Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. My name's Nick and here I've got... Scott. Hello, Scott. How are you? Good, thank you, Nick. How are you? I'm very well indeed. I'm very well indeed. So, before we start, where are we? What are we drinking? Okay, this is the Firehouse in North Sydney. Awesome. Now, the beauty about this is that it is uh, 23 steps from our office. Yeah, that's 23 steps for Scott, 35 steps for me, but that's what happens when you're as tall as Scott. Yes. So, um, as uh, we've got our new office in North Sydney now. Yep. Uh, following relocation, uh, refer to previous episode rebuilding collapse. Uh, <laughs> that's all right. Um, yes, and we've um, we've we found a nice little spot here, and we're very close to the firehouse, which is a, a, a lovely establishment, one of the old um, heritage listed uh, buildings in North Sydney. Yep, C- certainly is. Love love the place. Been coming here for years, but yes. now it's on a doorstep. Hey, it's um, awesome. Interesting fact, and the, these guys have actually done something that uh, I'm, I'm I'm sort of really in awe of. Go on. They, they have achieved the ultimate sales goal. They've sold air. They've sold air. Yeah. Uh, so um, for those of you that don't know, the um, the firehouse is a, what is it, a three-story building or something here. Uh, and uh, North Sydney Council, a year or two or something ago, um, said we're going to allow buildings to be up to 40-something stories high instead of the 20-odd stories that they are now. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of development in North Sydney. Uh, but of course, as a uh, heritage-listed building, they can't knock it down and put up a forty-odd-story building. Sure. What they can do, though, is sell their airspace rights. So there's a building above us right now, cantilevered out. Yes. Over the top of this, and they got an astronomical amount of money for air. <laughs> That's awesome. And I was, uh, I'm just really impressed with that. Someone sold air. That's, that's, that is very cool. Now, what are we drinking? Because this is quite special. Uh, and actually, this is this is good, and I'm, I'm really glad because they've got a lot of this. Um, this is the um, the, the, the Jeff Merrill, uh, uh, the uh, Jacko blend, Jacko Shiraz. Now, um, it was actually named after one of the people that worked at the winery. He was a young guy, and he sort of, um, sadly died quite young and seemed to be well-loved by all the people there, so they named the wine after it. So him. this is not a fresh, new pub wine, though, is it? No, no, this is not something that was bottled the previous hour and uh, <laughs> put, it, put in a bottle. Um, this, is, this is actually, uh, it's a 2014, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good year from um, that area, McLaren Vale area, and um, yeah, it's, um, it's drinking very well, and I'm glad they've acquired lots of it. Excellent. So what we're talking about today, this is going to be a little bit fascinating. We've had a couple of experiences over the last week or so. Yes. About DIY IT. Yes. People doing it themselves. And um, at the same time, we've had, and and the last podcast we did, which was published a week ago, was all about complexity in IT. Mm -hmm. So we know IT is really complex. We know that costs you a bunch of money. Yet we're bumping into more and more customers who seem to want to do it themselves. We're finding an, an, an interesting line between um, organisations who see value in getting uh, professionals in to do things that they're not, is not core to their business, right. um, such that they can then go and focus on what, what is core, and they know that they've got a strong business model that they can actually outsource every other element of their business 
to uh, not not just I shouldn't say outsource because it's more you're you're really partnering with people to come in uh, and work with you to achieve a result. Um, and these these are the organisations that are more growth focused. They know so, that. So, so it's just like if I had an illness and I go and see a doctor. Yes. It's far better than cutting out my own melanoma with a rusty knife, yes. like some farmer did. Well, right? and this is this is the other side of it. The the organisations that are probably not growth focused, mm-hmm. that they're very they're stable. That they could be uh, lifestyle businesses, mm-hmm. um, which is hey, I'm comfortable. Everything seems to work. I just need to keep everything running, and I can just plod along, and be happy. Yeah, and, and it's a completely valid type of business. It is. Um, and we, we just we've come across a, a few recently that are just doing things themselves and seem to be doing a sufficient job to keep everything working. I would but, say, though, in, in most <laughs> of the ones we've talked to where they're doing them themselves, there's been the odd little panicked conversation about you know, mandatory breaches and, oh. and multi-factor authentication and yes. this old legacy system and we can't and all the little bits and pieces that are actually quite hard to do which you can't read by a quick Google search. The, um, not that long ago, I had the, uh, the question. I said, well, what are you doing for patching? I was like, patching? What's that? I said, oh, I see. Um, so, so it's funny. I, I thought, it's funny how people treat IT. Like, we've got our professional uh, you know, professional services, like accountants and lawyers. Yes. And, and, and to a degree, doctors and, and all those specialties. Um, and then in enterprise IT, we've got everything from DBAs to test specialists to dev tests to DevOps mm. to SDETs to all, all the different roles there. Yet when it comes into you know, IT for what we call SMB, which is that you know, 10 to maybe yeah. 200 user space, there's a lot of, well, how hard can it be? It's not really a there specialty. Is. I make my computer work at home. Why can't I make it work at work? Hey, look, and it, it will work, but there's levels of work yeah no for sure but but i could go and and his story and we're talking about this quite a lot this morning on the accounting technology fireside chat mm. so so when people listen to that they'll be able to go i can see what an accountant thinks about that um and it's really funny trevor who you know i formed hub one with blah 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 um was the it guy in his accounting practice mm. and he'd say he thought he was doing a really good job until he actually met people who do this for a living and realized he should stick to accounting where he's really good and let us stick to IT where we're really good. And, and you know, it, it's, it's, I, I'm trying to remember, there's a little poem my dad had, which, which basically, basically the end of the poem after some guy got blown up by mucking with a light switch was, it is the job of the wealthy man to give employment to the artisan, i.e. just because you're smart doesn't mean you can do everything. Look, many years ago, I thought I was very good at doing my tax returns. I mean, how, how hard could it be? I mean, they, they give you a nice little document explaining, put this number here, put that number, there, add it up, and oh, here's the total. That's what happens. And then pay this amount or whatever. You don't need to pay someone to do this. Um, until at one point, it got, all got to be too much. I was too busy, and I got an accountant involved, and they looked at the previous tax returns, and they said, do you mind if I just redo these a little bit? And, blah, 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 and all of a sudden, here's a few thousand dollars. Yeah. I thought, oh, you know, who, which turned up in a refund that... I wasn't aware you could do this or this or this or this, and uh, what do you mean? And th- they well paid for themselves. The tax laws are big and complex. Oh, you'd be crazy. I mean, it's. It, I don't even understand how current accountants even keep up with the tax laws these days. 
Yes. But, but conversely, you should see the amount of reading Scott and I have to do to keep up uh, with the technology. You know, there's, or to try to keep up. Try to keep up, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Because, because that's constantly moving, and it's not just that technology is improving and growing, because it's doing that as well, but the threats against technology are changing, and the legislation's yes. changing, and, and all of these bits and pieces are changing, and it's our job to keep up with that, just like it's the accountant's job to keep hmm. up with. Well, also, um, one of the things I was reading this week was about legacy technology, mm -hmm. And there was these two debates. One saying, look, you need to keep updating to stay current, to make sure it's supported. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. But then there was a, um, I think more of a manufacturing sort of focus group saying, well, when we buy machines, we spend like millions of dollars on these machines and they'll last for like 15 to 20 years. And the computer system that comes with them, it, it just has to last. We, we don't need to update it. We're not updating the whole machine. And there's machines out there running, in this particular example, um, and this is not in any of our clients at all, but they are running Windows NT4 yep. um, with some process control um, software, and it was very old, they said, but it works, and it does exactly what it's intended to do, providing we can keep it running. So, well, well that's, and, and, and certainly in the process control and engineering world, mm. it's, a, it's, it's almost a smart microprocessor, right? It is, yeah. Um, and, and the smart microprocessor is out there, you know, doing all sorts of things, but it does that one job and it does it forever. And that's fine. It's when you try to do new jobs mm. on old technology that you start opening yourself up to really quite significant issues. Well, the, the other issue that they had that they were addressing a different way was around security. Uh, a lot of these older um, applications or older operating systems are actually not that secure, mm -hmm. and they never had a need to be because they were never publicly available. Uh, people wouldn't bring laptops in at the time. The laptop was an old portable or a luggable or something like that. Um, so you've, you've got to look at things like um, you can actually get individual firewalls now for individual cable runs. Yep. Um, they're they're not cheap. They're probably like seven or eight hundred dollars each, or something like that. Firewall off that dodgy that, device. But that's what it is. The, the firewall goes in front of this and just allows it to do whatever exactly it has to do. It doesn't allow anybody else in, and that's how they get the security in place yeah. for it. Yeah, but that's that's manufacturing, and, and yeah. a lot of our customers are doing that. They use the machines for productivity, but yet yeah. I still see. Yeah, if, if you think about it, yeah, an average hourly rate for someone in an accounting firm should be around the two hundred and fifty or more dollar mark. Yeah. Right, so four hours buys you a pretty decent lunch. Device buys you a decent lunch, but buys everybody else a decent computing device. So, in the grand scheme of things, they're not very expensive. Yet I watch people try to, you know, sweat their asset like you would yes. believe. Yes, the the concept of sweating the asset is good until it starts to impact productivity. Yes, um, yeah. we, or security. Or, or security, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, so it's, it's quite funny. We spend a, lot, I spend a lot of time with my customers helping them you know, go from beyond technology being computers and networks and internets and apps to actually automating bits of their business, taking a manual process and making that happen electronically, which can be really enlightening and amazing. But you can only do that if you've got a good technology base. So people sitting there, you know, the, the beauty for us is Microsoft are investing a ton of money in Office 365 to create automation opportunities. Hmm. Right? So. For example, a thing I'm asked by accountants almost all the time is, how do I automatically send a, a happy birthday to every one of my clients? Well, with something like Power Automate, it takes about three minutes to make that happen. Yes. When you're on-premise, it's software development, and it's lots of money, and it's lots of effort, and it doesn't yes. always work, and someone needs to maintain it, and on, and on, and on, and on, and on. So 
So that's interesting. And certainly we were you know, having a chat with some people who, who deal with a large number of accountants today, and they were talking about how organizations got blindsided by COVID. Mm. Because despite for the last 10 years we've been saying go to the cloud, everybody went, well, that won't happen to me. And suddenly in Victoria, accountants couldn't go to their offices. They were locked out of their offices from factors external to their business. Yep. And yeah, and they had real issues. How long have we said disaster recovery? Oh, but what's... Well, I think, and even today, we, we, the amount of uh, disaster recovery is, is very different because it's not, you're protecting against a lot of different things than you used to. Yes. Yeah, and they're real. So going back to where, where yes. we started, which is, you know, DIY IT. Yes. It was really funny. We did a little exercise before this just to, to see how complex things are. And, and I thought, let's take something that's not complex and the zero ecosystem. Okay. Right. So Xero is an accounting product. If you're not familiar with it, it's in the cloud. And it simply connects to a number of other applications to make your business better. How many integrations do you think Xero has? Ooh, quite a few. Over 900. Mm. So if you're an accountant, you're running the IT for an accounting firm, and you're not trained in IT, how do you decide which is the best app for your needs. You're certainly not going to run a trial and try them all out. You, yeah, It really takes that beauty of, it, of what we do, which is experience, which is going to lots of different customers and seeing lots of different things and where they don't work as well as where they do work and bring that broad range of experience. I think yeah, we all know the stories of the IT manager who gets stuck in a single organization for 10 years, really become not a lot of use to the rest of the industry because we look for a broad range of experience mm. and knowledge and skills. And so that's the, the partnering thing you talk about can actually help because they'll go, well, I was in a firm the other day where they're doing this, this, and this, and that'll save you millions of dollars and make you better, right? Or make your customers yeah. better. And, and even when we were setting up uh, uh, TribeTech, the whole purpose of this was we were not going to have anything on premises. It's all going to be cloud-based and everything was going to be automated. And we, we pretty much got there. Um, but what we did end up with after the first iteration of this was um, some good systems and A would talk to B, B would talk to C and C would talk to D and you, you hope that all these things talk to each other properly but then you find out that by the time it gets to D, D generates a bit of information that A needs. So you've got to work out how to get D to talk to A and then because A syncs back to B, you've got to work out how not to then overwrite something going back <laughs> yes. the other way. And it, it actually took a lot of time to get it right which then came to iteration B of, okay, we've done that, that's pretty good, it works, but I think we could actually make it a lot simpler and reduce the number of applications and interfaces involved to get the end result. And we've actually got something working fairly smoothly now. And I think, I think it's interesting. I think when we, when we kind of came up with that for accountants, which we called variations of things from the modern practice mm. to one practice to the connected practice, all sorts of different names, but fundamentally, it was looking at all the different business aspects and finding software to fit that. And so when we started, we had one piece of software in each box. We're going to redo it. And as we redo it, there's going to be tens of pieces of software and yes. solutions in each box, which makes our building that more complex because we've got to build way more connections and understand how they work. But also we'll be able to say, well, don't buy that bit of software because you might like the color blue or orange or green, whatever the color of the software is, but it doesn't actually integrate to the rest of the business. It that's right. And look, I, I like to think we've got a, a vague idea about what we're doing, having done this quite a number of times before. It took us a number of goes to get it right mm -hmm. and to get it working smoothly. I, 
I don't know how people who have not really been experienced in automation and um, data flows and interfaces and APIs and integration all get this working at all very well. Yeah, and, and they do, and it's kind of scattered down. And I hear words like if this, then that, and Zapier, and yeah. all these integration platforms. And and then that person leaves the company. And nothing works anymore. And, well, yeah. and, and it keeps working for about a couple of years, and then yes. something breaks and the whole lot collapses in a heap. And they call someone in in a hurry who has to look at this and go, oh, wow, what is this? Yeah, there's, there's, there's something they teach you in professional IT school, which isn't really school. It's it's where you screw something up and realize how you'd have fixed it if you'd done it better. And that thing is documentation. Yeah. And, and I, you know, Scott and I will spend most of our time writing documentation on what we're doing, not doing the technical work, because technical work doesn't take very long. The documentation does, but it's that's actually the deliverable. That's the thing that protects the organizations. And that's the thing if you have... I don't know, your sister or your wife or your IT partner doing the work, they're not going to do that because they, they just don't think that way. They, I've got a problem, I'm going to solve it, it's fixed, I'll walk away. Not, I've got a problem, I'm going to solve it, and I'll write something so next time that happens, nobody gets affected. I'll tell you what, I, I did see um, to, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, also this, this week, um, someone posted something about, uh, I think it's gigs to you I think was the company they, mm -hmm. they're doing like $10 a month for home computer support unlimited yep. whatever and I think it's $20 for businesses or something uh, look, it, it's not bad you're not going to get any strategy or any advice out of it or any real fundamental assistance with your business but if something breaks someone will remotely connect in and do something it's a good start it is it is it's better than nothing Yes, um, and, and it, it's it's with all services like that. It's understanding the T's and C's, and there's enough, you know, Facebook groups with organisations like Geeks2U all over the world yes. talking about the good bits and the bad bits and the pains and the the gap in customer expectation versus what you're delivering. At, at least, yeah, at least let a skilled professional come in and break it for you. Correct. <laughs> but but I think the other thing is as you build out. Yeah, a service like that where you're really trying to lower the price, you're trying to hit a low price yes. point, you're going to remove features. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and yet I think the customer expectation will be you'll do everything and anything. And But the real, you've got to understand that for $20 a month, your computer really not has not has only got to break once a year and it takes two hours and they're suddenly running yes. on a loss on that. that and, and they also include any virus for that and something else and... Wow, yeah, there's not a lot of money there's, there. There's no margin in it, yeah. no. Um, and you've also got to think, if you're in the IT industry, and let's say that you went through uni or you got trained or you spent a number of years working out, getting you know trained in Windows and certified and problem determination and documentation and skills, and someone says, you can support this machine for $240 a year or less antivirus, less whatever else, and... How many of those machines would you have to do, and is that a really good return on investment for the effort you've put in? Yeah. No, is, is, no, is the answer, especially no. if you're doing individual customers, because it's not like you've got one guy at a business phoning you up about those thousand machines. No. You've got a thousand people phoning you about those thousand machines, and how do you suddenly handle when, for example, Microsoft ships a patch and they all blue screen? Yes. Yep. That's The risk there is just, just super crazy, right? All right, so complexity is bad. Complexity or, is bad. Go to a professional. And it's well, almost everything. You wouldn't go to yeah. a, you wouldn't go to your mate who's tinkers with cars to fix your BMW. Well, you no, might. you might, but you shouldn't. Um, if you had a growth 
you wouldn't go to Bob round the corner who, you know, wasn't qualified in any way. Oh, you might do, but if you do, you're going to get the results you kind of expect. Yeah. You have a duty of care as a director or manager of a business. You do. And and, and it seems to me in in SMB land, there are some people who don't necessarily take that seriously as maybe they should be. And this is where it's starting to get real as we see uh, director liabilities for security Mm -hmm. and risk and compliance, which is becoming a a major topic. And if you are, if you are actually hacked into or so, whatever, and data is stolen or and, and that data is dangerous to people or to other businesses, um, you can actually be found liable as a director for not having put the correct level of due diligence and security in place. Okay, so at least worth having a conversation. Have the, have the conversation. I mean, it may, it may sound a bit self-serving, but I, I think it's, it's really at the point now where IT is at a sufficiently complex level that you just wouldn't really do it yourself in a business of any size. Yeah, I think you'd probably be doing yourself a misservice, unless, of course, you're an IT professional. But I would say most IT professionals wouldn't do IT for a small or medium business because their skills are bigger than that. Yes. Cool. Scott, thank you. That's all right. That's thank you. That's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed that. And I'm going to enjoy the rest of this wine for the afternoon. And yes. I'm taking a couple of days off. So. Oh, you are? You're yeah. going to... I'm um, going camping. You're going to go camping on the top of your car. We've got we bought a rooftop tent at the weekend. Good old Anaconda oh. with their um, with their with their sail. It's going to be. I, I don't understand this concept, but I hope your back posture is good lying on the roof of your car. It'll be fine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fine. Honestly, we tried it out. It's all good. Okay. Just don't roll over in the middle of the night. And, oh. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely try not to. All right. Scott, really appreciate it once huh? again. Um, Thank everyone, you, Nick. If you're listening or watching, please like or subscribe. Leave a comment telling us what topics you'd like to hear from next. Hope you have a fantastic week. See ya. Bye, everyone.